ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Best-selling author Kathy Lett has released 16 books over her four-and-a-half-decade career and today, as if she hasn't been busy enough, she's releasing her 17th. It's called The Revenge Club. This novel follows four friends who society believes could be past their use-by date. They strongly disagree and it mirrors Kathy Lett's new social vendetta and that is do not disregard ageing women. At the age of 65, Kathy Lett is uh, writing a new chapter and has a new chapter in her life as well and joins me in the studio this morning. Kathy Lett, it's so lovely to have you here. Oh, and how great to meet you. You're such a heroine of mine. <laughs> oh, thank there you. you are, you know, you correspondent on the international world stage, strapping on your bulletproof bra, <laughs> taking on the world. I mean, I'm in awe of you. I think the Kevlar bra could be could be a thing. <laughs> I don't know. It could be helpful in all sorts of <laughs> exactly. situations. Now, this book, uh, Revenge Club, I got to have a brief look yesterday. Tell us about Matilda, uh, Penny, Cressida and Joe. What is this? Is, it's basically about four old school friends who haven't seen each other, not school friends, uni friends. They haven't seen each other for like 30 years and they get back together um, and, they, and they pick up where they left off, the three of them, and they're waiting for their fourth friend who's running late. And then suddenly this man sits down at their table and they're like, well, you can't sit there, we're waiting for our girlfriend. And he says, I know, you're waiting for Joe Logan. And they go, how do you know that? And she's like, well, I'm Joe. And they think, wait a minute, what's going on? And then she explains she was working in Hollywood in special effects and um, her she got the sack because her boss said she was a menopausal hot mess. So she just went home and transformed herself into a man, went, goes back, gets the same job but with a promotion and a pay rise. And what started as a joke, she thinks, well, no, wait a minute, in a man's world, it's just so much easier to be a man. So she's pretending to be a guy. And her friend's like, you're so wrong, there's never been a better time to be a woman, look how far feminism's come. But then that week something cataclysmic happens in all their careers. So the next time they get together they go, right, you were so on, on it. Um, and they form the revenge club and they take revenge on all the men the colleagues, husbands, bosses who've, who've belittled them, sabotaged them or and sacked them. So it's a kind of revenge romp. It's funny, it's feisty, it's, but it's also feminist saying, you know, well, we don't have to take this sort of treatment. I mean, why do women get put out to career pasture when I feel post-menopause you're in your prime? So I'm sick of being sort of described as invisible, like society gives you the cloak of invisibility. I mean, the point is, are we going to use that cloak of invisibility for good or for evil? <laughs> you know? So that's basically the premise of the book. Do you feel that invisibility at all at 65? Totally. I mean, look, does the, the sexism is sown into our vernacular. You know, a man my age is a silver fox, whereas I'm dismissed as a, a crone, a hag, a bag, an old chook. Um, you know, women my age get criticised, we're not allowed to wear miniskirts, we can't show our upper arms. I've never heard a man dis dismissed as mutton dressed as ram, ever. <laughs> so, yes, we do get sidelined and we're told we've passed our amuse-by date. For example, even on television, 85% of people on Australian television over 50 are male. 
the women just get quietly cast away. So, and I just think, come on, a woman's second act is the best time of your life. Go forth and be fabulous. And all my girlfriends, they have, they're not kind of beige and sitting at home knitting their own bus passes. They're swinging off a chandelier with a toy boy between their teeth. Because, <laughs> of course, what happens post-menopause, you're too young to know, but the menopause is terrible. I think, Luna, life, for women, life is in two acts. The trick is surviving the menopause. But once you get through that time where you're having your own weather, you know, and feel like the Gestapo are trying to sweat a confession out of you, um, you can you can put yourself first for the first time in your life. Your estrogen drops a bit, your testosterone comes up a little bit, you're a little bit more selfish, a little more like, like a bloke, basically, and you can take on the world. So um, I don't want it, society to keep dismissing us. I want us to stand up and be proud. And I think now we're demystifying the 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 menopause, which my generation have done for your generation. Thank you. You know, because of that, exactly. Because I remember my mother's generation, you know, my mum and her friends would sort of be in a cardigan coven in the corner of the kitchen whispering about the change, you know, as, as though Voldemort was coming. <laughs> but now people are talking about that more openly. But the next great hurdle for women is this sexist ageism that we suffer where we just get sidelined. So that's my whole mission now is to say to women, don't, you know, go, go and have fun. You've deserved it. Don't feel guilty because, you know, as women, our guilt gland throbs the whole time. But, you know, you've you've paid your dues. Go out there and just take on the world and, and, and also embrace your female friends because I always say that women are each other's human wonder bras, uplifting, supportive and making each other look bigger and better. And it's definitely true as you age because a lot of men when they retire want to stay at home and nest and the women's like, I've nested. You know, I've cooked 4,000 flocks of lamb and buttered eight, 4 million acres of toast. I want to go up up Everest and down the Amazon. So, And often the, the male partners don't really want to have those adventures, so embrace your girlfriends and just enjoy that camaraderie and, and you know, big each other up and be each other's human wonder bras. A, a group of very close friends that I went to school and university with, we've done two trips to New Zealand to go hiking and we're heading off one day, there were five of us, <gasps> and a bloke behind us said, we're already nattering away, and he said, gee, girls, I hope you find something to talk about out there all day because we're already <laughs> underway. So. Isn't that great? <laughs> well, you know when you go on a girls' night out, you have to be hospitalised from hilarity. It does, it hurts. Yeah. Oh, me, because women mm. together are funny. It's, mm. it's a great male myth, myth that women aren't funny, and I hear that still from a lot of men. Mm. I think some men are just terrified what it is we're being funny about. I think they presume we spend the entire time talking about the length of their members, which is not true because we also talk about the width, you know, which after childbirth is so much more important. But, you know, on a girl's night out, you're laughing hysterically and then also you're hugging and crying. You know, it's, we, we strip off to our emotional undies in 3.6 seconds and it's a psychological striptease that reveals all. Very cathartic, very confessional, but incredibly supportive. So we're, we're so lucky we have each other. I wonder too, Cathy, whether in, in some ways, I mean, it's a funny book, but whether it might be an escape for some women who would love to be doing all of this, but a lot of women in this age group have very significant caring responsibilities and the kind of things we're talking about for a period of time or for a long time, it's completely uh, unattainable. Well, we juggle so much we could be in the Cirque du Soleil. Mm. And of course I'm juggling as well. I have an autistic son mm. who's 33 but needs a lot of care and, and psychological counselling and help. My mum is 92. so I've I got... read that. You've still got your yeah, mum. Yeah, she's mm. fabulous. And mm. I've got three sisters, so how lucky 
TMI. And my mother gave me the greatest gift ever, three sensational <laughs> sisters. So we we try and share the care. But I live in London, so, you know, it's the burden does fall on them. But So we are juggling a lot, but you have to also make time for yourself mm. to have fun because otherwise the burden becomes too great. What's so, your relationship like with your body at 65? Um, well... Isn't it interesting too because, you know, women are told we have passed our amuse-by date, but I think we come into our sexual prime because um, we feel it comfortable in our skin. We know what we like and also we don't care because we're brought up to be decorative and demure. We know that when a man and woman start talking at the same time, the woman always pulls back. But once you hit 50, you get a kind of, you know, screw it, I'm 50 gene kicks in where you just... For the first time, you don't care what other people think about you. And it's fantastically liberating. So, look, as long as you've got a dimmer switch, greatest sex aid known to womankind, keep the lights low, (laughs) I honestly think, you know, it's not your 60s, it's your 60s. And you just got to find um, a younger man. I have a younger man. He adores me, doesn't bore me, does all my chores for me and, you know, thinks I'm a bit of a goddess. So as long as I keep the lights low, it's going well. <laughs> There's some messages to live by. Cathy Litt, so good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, and I, I really admire you. You're wonderful. And you're going to be my new human wonder boy. <laughs> Thank you. That's Cathy Litt there. Uh, her new book out is called The Revenge Club. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.